Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin man. How are you doing today? Oh. Uh, hi Dan. Hi. I uh, I'm very well. How are you today? Good. A little a little hectic today over here. Wow. Why? Wow. I don't <laughs> things have just gone busy and my kid he's got finals this week. Tests. Yeah, these tests that he has to do. Those are important cuz you know those are a lot of those are they don't say this but they're placement tests. No, they are and that's what so, I've tried to explain to him okay. is that just he's, so he knows there's a lot of peril. No, I know that's why he's like well even if I even if I fail this test I'll still get a C in the class I said hang on a second <laughs> this a, is whether you know or not you that's get a, in the that's college a form of self-soothing <laughs> um I have the res- hang on let me just check real quick this is check his name cash Benjamin oh you got the results uh, yeah <laughs> they, they just came in over the uh telex. Over, the, over the wire over the wire yeah. and it says let's see <laughs> just check Okay. Um, oh, this is cool. Um, he's going to be uh, giving out samples at Sephora. Forever. Oh, yeah. That's that's definitely the concern. Yeah, but he <laughs> needs to he needs to uh, up his drip. He needs to zhuzh, zhuzh his look. He needs to. Um, I mean, these are just notes here from the uh, right, the proctor. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's weird. The proctor's name is Adriana Sephora. That's weird. <laughs> They had to close down a Popeye's in the East Bay because there were children working there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you know how it is. This is, uh, Dan, this is, this is what we in the business call a confirmation bias. You know, we tend to seek out the information that we want. I don't like to hear bad news about Popeye's. No. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I never, do know. Never meet your heroes. I know. Yeah. Yeah, there was another one near where my kid went to junior high that I liked a lot over there on, uh, it was on DeViz, I think, and mm. Vizdero. And uh, that one, if memory serves, I'd have to look it up. I think it had to close because checks notes of a massive rodent infestation. They had, they had, they had, uh, they had rodents and, and cockroaches, Ugh. but there's still nothing quite like a, a Popeye's fried chicken. They get the chicken, they yeah. murder the chicken, and then they cook it with Cajun They do spice. it on premises like that? They won them, but I guarantee. <laughs> Remember that guy? Yes. What was that guy? Was he Cajun Sparkle? What was his name? Mr. Sparkle? Is that the Japanese Cajun? <laughs> he I don't was. Even know being racist too, increasingly. No, he he was um, Justin, Justin Justin Wilson Timberlake. Was Just, the guy's Justin name. Wilson. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guarantee, and he like that whole yeah yeah. Ooh. And he wore the like a like not a bow tie, but like a like, like a, a bow tie that had the not a bolo tie either. Oh, you mean like a Godfather 2 tie? What, <laughs> right, one of those, you know, sort of like Frank Pantangeli's brother wears. Like you wear one of those ones where you look kind of like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, where it's looks, it looks like a bow tie, he, he said they but it's got Hitler the... in Munich in 33. That's what he said. Tom, Tom admits that he's up. always admired him. He always followed the headlines. He was way ahead of that stuff. Justin Wilson tie. Justin Wilson, I don't think he, I think it was Cajun food, not Thai food. <laughs> All I know is you never, never, every Thai restaurant, and this is, this is very racist. I'm extremely sorry. I had a dear friend, uh, uh, Van Chujitaram, and his family, uh, he went to New College, and his family owned the amazing local Thai restaurant. Two things you got to know about going to, to Van Chujitaram's restaurant, where he would often work. And, and by the way, Van, he was a Thai person. He was very skinny. He was around my height, and he always wore a suit and tie, and he looked so cool. He was really, really weird. I loved Van. This um, is called a string tie. That is the name of that tie. String beans. A string tie. String, stringed beans. 
It's like pretzel bread. <laughs> anyway, here's the two things I know about when you go into Van Chichi Tarm's restaurant. And Van, Van would, first of all, most Thai restaurants I've been to have a picture of the Thai royal family. Um, you'll, <laughs> yes. you, seriously, when you go to a Thai restaurant, no, you'll see I a know. picture of like a... Like a and they're a, also yeah, supposed to have a statue of the Buddha, and the statue of the Buddha is supposed to be the highest, tallest thing in there. So you That's often... Ben Franklin. You'll also Franklin. see it put up on a Isn't little... Philadelphia's rule? A little shelf. Oh, yeah. no, right, you can't Penn, have anything William higher Penn, than William that. Penn. Sorry, I screwed up. I was watching a documentary about Ben Franklin last night because I'm getting laid. Anyways, <laughs> the thing was, you go into Van... Here's the things, two things you got to know about Van. I love, is, is it clear yet that I love saying Van Chujitarum? Van's restaurant, here's two things I know. Number one, you got to watch out when his uncle's not in a good mood. Mm. When his uncle's... And not like, and he was in a bad mood a lot. It was kind of the charm of the place. Like he was, like he was always. But like when you say like, um, it's like you can say like, I want it not too spicy. I want it spicy. But then you could say, and I think they always kind of took this with a grain of salt. Make it like you eat it. If you told Van's uncle, make it like you eat it, and he was in a bad mood, you would be dead in twenty minutes. All, all of the parts of your body that could be affected by heat will have been affected. Oh. Water's not going to help, buddy. What are you doing with that? Yeah. And the other thing I know from going to Van Chichi Tarm's restaurant, thing, thing number two, you never make, just don't remark on the Thai royal family, but especially don't go, who are those chodes or whatever. Like never, never do that. And I, I think that's kind of nice. That's respectful. You know why they carried Henry's mother's groceries out to the car? Do you know why? I do not know. It was out of respect. It was out of respect. One more, it's into the it's into the gosh darn oven with you. <laughs> so today seven I'm, aprons on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the bowl. I do have a note about the bolo tie. <laughs> Did I ever tell I you about that my guy? Was it Tootie? Is that his name? Tootie. Tootie. Yeah. I love Tootie. Tootie's great. He's Does a cab stand. Dan. He's undervalued in the uh, in the movie. I think. Oh God, I love Tootie. He's so Tootie. he's so vital. Tootie's the one. You know. <laughs> he doesn't like using the phone. Tony's got to go use the phone. Henry holds the umbrella. Isn't that great? You know? And he just sort of walks around. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, this, this, uh, the bolo tie. Did I ever oh, tell yeah. my oh, friend, sorry, sorry. My friend go Paul? Back to your Thai food. Yeah. Ever tell you about Paul? Paul? Yeah. Uh, if you have, it's escaped me, Dan. Could you share your anecdote about Paul, please? Paul is my best friend in Aww. high school. Hello, Paul. And we both work together at KB Toy Store in the uh, Town Center Mall. <laughs> and at what, one is that point, in Orlando, Kissimmee, where, where are we talking? This is in a Boca Raton. Oh, it's in Boca. Mm-hmm. And it means rat's mouth. Yes, it does, uh, and it is, mm. and it is. Just real quick, there. Okay. So we were, um, we worked there, and you were required to wear, you know, dark slacks. I think they were either had to be blue or black, black leather shoes, a belt, and a white or light blue button front. Oxford or just regular dress shirt. Yeah, you had to dress like a Mormon missionary. And you also had to wear a tie. Uh, oh, were they specific about the, did, did, they, did they say four in hand, not necktie, Dan? Or no. Was there, was there some no. room for fun? Was it fun? just said a tie. And so you, you know, I just wore a regular tie and Paul hated wearing ties. He hated it. And this uh-huh. may have had to do with the fact that Paul was a, a bigger guy and I feel like all of his shirts, he was the type of guy where the, 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 the neck would never, he could never quite get the buttons to close, you yeah. know, on I, his I neck know, or I on his neck. That. 
And if you went and got a custom shirt at like a nice a nice store, he could have done that. But the standard shirts that fit him, they never quite made it I all am, the way around I his mean, neck. You because, know, what I'm because of my low rise, I I am incredibly sympathetic. <laughs> so, the, the way that we are treated. People like Paul, if I may say, yeah. people like Paul and me, the yeah. way that we're treated. Dan, Dan, if I wore my sweatpants at night, the other night I walked into the room, and, and right before I walked into the room, I, in a voice that could be heard by my son who just didn't want any involvement, I said, right. when I wear my sweatpants where I'm supposed to wear them, I walked in and I, and I said, don't I look a little like Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> and I, I tucked my shirt into my pants and I pulled them up to where the rise should go <laughs> for a normal boy. And I walked in and I said, uh, quid pro quo, Clarice. Yes. And I think he said something like, hmm. But I thought I looked a lot like Hannibal Lecter, Le Lecter. Well, I have a photo of him in the jumpsuit. Perhaps that could be our show art for the week. Um, uh, if you got time, I would love that. I'll do that. So anyway, Paul, if you're out there, buddy, I feel you. Well, so what he did one day, he showed up. He would put on a <laughs> he would put on a clip on tie and just attach it to the one clip on to the one side <laughs> for, for people who couldn't be bothered to learn how to tie a tie or you know whatever didn't have the motor skills or whatever you could buy a tie mm -hmm. and it had a little clip that would go behind your collar. It was just you, the knot. It was just the knot and the yeah. the dangly bit in the front. It's like a dicky without a shirt, <laughs> right? And then so you you clip that on and then there's two little nubbins that go into your collar, so you see so look like a professional boy. But the manager wouldn't allow that. The manager said, no, you can't do that. So No, no whoa, whoa, it had to be a, really? I had a, a Well, because it would hang off, it, it would, the, the, it, remember that it wasn't buttoned in the middle. So he would try to keep it together with just uh, the tie and eventually it would get loose. It comes off sloppy. It, no, it didn't look good. Yeah. And so then about a week Did later. Did he have roll of hot dogs look to the back of his head? <laughs> Did he yeah. have a pack of hot dogs in a the little, back? A little, a couple yeah. hot dogs, not a whole pack. Couple hot dogs. All right. They, they and call it a brace of dogs. So then yes. about a week later, he shows up with a bolo tie. Now, I had never seen one of these things before. And I said, What is that? And he said, <laughs> This is the, this is called a bolo tie. He says, I said, It's not a real tie. He said, It is. It is considered a real tie, especially in the West or Southwest United yeah, States. Tell people in Dallas, that's not a real tie. And he told me that. Uh, it's actually like the official neckwear of Arizona. This is the little bit I've always remembered the, about that. Dan, it's the official neckwear of Arizona. Yes. So okay. he he went to the end. didn't cancel anything super important for that vote. The manager was like, that's that's not a tie. And he said, it absolutely and is, is a real tie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he somehow had documentation for this. Like he got it out of a magazine or a book saying that it was considered a tie and the manager had to agree. They reluctantly agreed. So from then on, he wore a bolo tie. Hmm. Is he still there? He is no longer working there. He is uh, in the stock market somewhere. Is that spelled K-A-Y-B-E-E? -E? Uh, K-A-Y uh, dash B-E-E, -E, I believe. No, 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 no. I take that back. It's K-B-E-E. Toys or K A Y space B E E space Styled, styled as. Because we had a, a, a beloved toy store in Northgate Mall in Cincinnati, Ohio. Don't be creepy. And I think it was KB adjacent. I think it was called Children's, I want to say Children's Palace, which is a very cool name. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a place a Wicked Witch would build? Yeah, it doesn't. It sounds like <laughs> it's a you want to lure someone into it and then. You'll be fine. Come on in. It's, it's, <laughs> It's fine. It's a look. It's a look. Legally, I'm not. The state of Arizona tells me I'm not allowed to call this a children's palace unless it's a safe environment for food. I mean, our precious, precious children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, ties are a, a funny thing. I, I still. F this is totally unrelated, I guess. But 
you know, except in terms of like, you know, memory and youth and those kinds of things that we don't have anymore. Um, but for me, there's, there's the role of the Levi's watch pocket has been an interesting indicator over time for me because when you get you, you call them five pocket jeans right you got your two front and the hip pockets you got your back pockets and then there's this little thing called a watch pocket if you've ever owned a pair of levi's mostly you know about that it's in other pants too but it's funny because over time that has been the receptacle for so many different things mm. the first one i super remember there might be an older one the one i really remember, that's where i put like my quarters for video games when I go to the arcade. Oh, yeah, sure. So they wouldn't get mixed in with my, uh, my, my you know, you don't think I'm going to combat with loose change in my pocket. You have to answer to the Coca-Cola company. <laughs> Just watch that over the weekend. Yeah, um, I saw you tweeting about it. Oh, my God. I can't believe how much, I still cannot believe. That's been one of my favorite movies since I saw film. it. It's a great film. This is Dr. Strangelove. It's been one of my favorite movies since I saw it in college, and I still can't believe how many discussions of bodily fluids are in that movie. In 1964, mm -hmm. and so that was there was that uh, pretty soon. That was also that was where I put my guitar picks, um, and then um, ephedrine and other kinds of drugs. <laughs> and then later, oh yeah, I, I was always I was always strapped, man. Yeah, in the chamber, you know. <laughs> That's I got a lot of stuff done, Dan. And then uh, it became for my emodium because of my bowels. Oh, but that's a journey. And I think a tie can be like that too. There's a time where you, a tie is something that like somebody shoots at you out of a cannon because you got to go to your job. And then like I was at a job where like I used to get these um, Marvel ties in the, believe it or not, in the 90s. You could get like a necktie with the Incredible Hulk on it and stuff like that. <laughs> and I really feel like that the other, the PhDs would take me more seriously. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a strong look for you. Yeah, well, they like Rush Limbaugh, so they were no bargain. Mm -hmm. Dan, it's Tuesday and it's the optimistic day. Uh, we've talked, Last week, I talked about uh, first my first make a whole thought technology. I've uh, been in, uh, operationalizing that. But I think most importantly, you announced with, with some fair amount of bravado. Mm. On a lot, uh, 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 sound a lot like uh, <laughs> Christopher Walken. Uh -huh. you, this week was going to be, I think you said, it's, it's your Sonos extravaganza. Sonos week. S Sonos week. This yeah. is the week. S Sonos. Is that is that Espanol? Nos, usually oh. us. I, yeah, Son I is I don't our, know. Sonos mean are we? Whoa. I think it I might be a sound that's supposed to be more reminiscent of, yeah, you know, like, 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 like the word sound, maybe. I, I had eighth grade Spanish, so I don't like to waste that. I don't want to leave palabras on the table. Mm -hmm. um, they're tish, if you like. <sighs> I think it's pronounced chupacabras on the table. Whipped cream. Let's talk about something important. Mm -hmm. So last, so we've been talking about your your home automation, smart home journey. Ah, and yes. Yeah. So we were away for a while because I had the Hershey squirts, and then we came back, and uh, we were talking about how you have these speakers in your house, and you, I, you might have even used the phrase that some of us use, the vernacular. You're all in on Sonos as all your in. sound system. I'm okay. all in. And would you, do you want to talk about that and share that with our listeners today? I, I would love to. And I, w I would like to, I kind of want to break this into a few different parts. The first uh -oh, part. Oh, did you plan? I had, I did, I did. Good. I a little bit of plan. You still got it in you, buddy. I know. Um, even, even with you wearing a necktie right now. Right. You're the official tie of Arizona. Yes. And, uh, well, yeah, bring it on. Take it, take it anywhere you want. Well, you know, you first have to, we talked a while ago when I was first kind of starting out on this journey about like, is it necessary to pick a specific technology to use in your, in your smart home 
Is it not that necessary to do that? And if I could say, it, it's it's like in a different time, it might have been beta versus VHS, right? Or yes. it might have been uh, Blu-ray versus uh, HD, what's called HD DVD. Yes. Things that now in retrospect, you go like, well, that's not even really a choice anymore. But there was a time where you were pot committed mm-hmm. and like everybody talked to, before it was called a VCR or VTR even, people called it a Betamax because that was the one everybody got. And That's then right. uh, you can highly, I can highly recommend uh, the, 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 the channel Technology Connections on YouTube, of which I am a patron. Mm-hmm. Wonderful channel. He talks a lot about like VHS and beta and all these old uh, formats and technology. But the thing was, you would not want to find out a day after buying your VHS machine that would, if you were really buying for quality, like beta was probably going to look better. Mm-hmm. Like did it matter to you to be able to record your stories on very long tapes? Well, that all changed with time. And you're, I'm just saying like, I get that. I get that. Like, I don't want to get the wrong system. That you was, don't that was a, because it becomes it very quickly becomes a big investment. It's not, it, you know, it's not as simple as, uh, you know, just saying, well, I think I'm going to go with the Google stuff to start. And then if I don't like it, I'll switch to the Apple HomeKit stuff later. You can't, I'm, you're really making a commitment yeah. Uh, because whatever you, you kind of invest in, there are some products that work with both systems. There's a few, I should say, that work with both. Most of them seem to make a choice. And as I was speculating the last time we talked about this, it's probably a, behind the scenes, they have some kind of licensing deal or there's a compatibility deal or some kind of a thing that causes it to be the way that it is. It's not just, they're not just picking one to pick one. And it may come down to the fact that integrating with, with one technology is difficult and they don't have enough manpower resources, whatever to do it with both. I don't know. And I don't care because it, it doesn't matter. That's just the way it is. You want it, you want it to be easy enough to set up one, not you necessarily, but I think something all of us have in common is we'd like it to do stuff that's currently difficult or not possible. Yes. We'd like it to do stuff that's currently out of our reach and maybe even somewhat kind of, if you like sort of unimaginable outside of like a Jetsons scenario, mm-hmm. right. we want it to do that stuff. We want it to be relatively easy to set up. And, but then there's stuff further down the line you can't know about when you're, what do we, I mean, what do you say about enterprise software? A phrase I still really dislike, mm. but the phrase enterprise software, it's easy to buy. It's hard to use. It's enterprise software is meant to be something that is crafted for the person to appeal to the person who makes a buying decision about enterprise software. Mm-hmm. If it happens to be useful and good, uh, compared to its similar products out there for the user that's fine but it's mainly but the problem is if you get the thing that's easy to buy there's no guarantee that's going to do what you want and you you i always come back down to the synology don't buy the cheap synology unless you really know what you're getting right because it's worse than spending a little more and getting one you can actually use you know if you buy a pickup truck and realize there's something of a fixed length that won't fit into the truck after you bought it they're not going to be sympathetic to that well, you should have done your own due diligence. If you got long beams, buy a long truck. So I, I feel you on that. If there's something kind of stressful about getting into any of this stuff and you're always looking for gotchas, right? Yeah, and that's the problem is that, you know, you don't want to make a mistake. And how do you know if you're making a mistake when it's not clear what you're doing? Like, it's not the same as you saying, well, I'm going to buy- what you don't know. Yes. It's not the same as saying, I'm going to get an electric car versus a you know conventional engine because like you know what that means and it's easy to find out what that means. But this is a space that's changing very, very quickly, constantly changing. New standards are coming out, new technologies coming out, new ways of integrating everything is coming out. And so you're like, well, if I go with this one, does that mean I'm locked in forever? Well, no. 
<laughs> but maybe, maybe you'll have to get and rid you, of some if, stuff. If your primary, if you're being honest and your primary concern is the environment, either yeah. don't have a car or get a car that already exists because the environmental impact of creating an electric guitar, electric car is very high. Yes. It's complicated. It is. And, and sometimes really uh, paradoxical to try to make these kinds of decisions. Well, I kind of sort of went with the Google route, mainly because this house, when I got it, already had multiple Nest thermostats. And I know you could say, oh, you could just swap those out. But they were here. And the reality is much of the stuff that I wanted was already Google. I already had Google Nest Hub because I, I've basically, I don't think anybody who's serious about this stuff or even seriously interested about it is considering any of the Amazon stuff. That's essentially dead now. They're not doing anything interesting. They're not advancing it. It is what it is. And they that were the has, innovators. That has become, I mean, I feel this in, personally, I feel this in the Amazon uh, Prime video app. I feel it in so much of their, what douchebags call their offering writ large, is that they are, <clears throat> they've become the commodity. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Maybe they got the scale to be the commodity, but yeah. it's not where you would begin your search. I just saw a thing on Google News uh, earlier today about some new something, something, blah, blah, Amazon, you know, tablet that's mm -hmm. going to come out. And right. I, I was like, I just realized for a second, I was like, I don't even pause on a story like that anymore. Because like, you think about all the stuff that Amazon has put out that like... I guess it all comes out eventually. But do you remember the thing like it was a camera for your closet that would give you advice on what to wear? Oh, yeah, like how many they, people are yeah. using that every day now? Yeah, I bet there's you know, not a whole lot. I am two devices away from being completely out of Amazon Voice Assistant products because it is a commodity. It doesn't feel loved and no. it doesn't – I feel like I'm renting a jukebox that I then pump quarters in and I hate it. Yeah, I have a few of them <laughs> and they're in a box now in the closet. Um and that's, I have one because it can display a clock. So I kept yeah. it and it's just a clock and I don't, I don't really think about it as anything but a clock. Every time I, I mean like I'll put like tape over the camera. <laughs> Some of them have a, a, a shutter switch. shut off. Yeah. But like, even when like I, I, when it's covered, I'll walk by and the screen will light up and I'm like, Oh God, this is so gross. Yeah. Like, and then it's going to say, Hey Merlin, did you know that you can get cricket scores pushed to your Android device? And I'm like, oh, here's what? a recipe for crickets. <laughs> <laughs> These are pictures of women named Cricket. <laughs> Did you know that I... Shut up. Did so you know annoying. That, uh... So I, uh, I I pretty much went with Google because, like I said, I had, the, I had the thermostats and I had two Nest Hubs already. So I thought, you know, like this is pretty... And the main difference, what people need to know is... It, typical of Apple versus Google. Apple's about hardware. Google's about software. Google's specifically about cloud software. So all of the stuff that happens in the Google ecosystem, you don't have to have any devices in your house to control anything. You just need to have a way to tell Google what you right. want. You're, you're not committing to like a specific brand or one company's hub system. Right. That's exactly right. You can have the app on your phone. You yeah. could have one of their tiny little, I don't even know what they're called, but the little like round, tiny little speakers. You could have Nest Hubs. Anything that can so hear like you. A spot or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the spot. Anything that can hear you and connect to Google ecosystem is good enough. With Apple, you need to have one uh, specific device to make all of the Apple stuff work. And that is you need to have the um, HomePod, a HomePod. Yeah, or an Apple TV. 
The problem I don't think with, it does iPads anymore. The problem with the Apple yeah. TV is it can control things, but it cannot be let you control them with your voice. Whereas any of the Google devices mm. that have that on them will let you do that. But it, to make it work with Apple, you need to have, like I have an Apple TV, so I can control stuff, but I have to use my phone. I can't use my voice to do voice. Anyway, you're kind of making a choice there. Long story short, I wound up going with Google because it seemed like a lot of the stuff that I wanted, including a lot of these kind of commodity switches, the cheap ones, where like my $9, I can turn your coffee maker on and off, or I can turn your lamp on and off. Those things were, there were more of those available. You were contrasting Google. those. The, the, I, I'm a big fan of the Eve, yes. uh, like smart plugs and the Eve everything products, Yes, which, you know, for whatever, I mean, like I'm not pitching people on that, but I like those, but they are more costly. And yes, they do more, but, and they have thread and now they have matter. Um, you can upgrade to Matter on those, right. all that kind of stuff. But that's not what you need. No. Yeah. No. In, in some cases, the more costly one is absolutely not the thing that you need. You know, maybe not least because, like, you want everything to be consistent. You want it to all work the same way. You want it to all, like, benefit from one big firmware update rather right. than, like, all these different little archipelagos of functionality. That's right. And, uh, you know, both of them give you essentially the same capabilities. I don't really find one to be better than the other. They're just different. They're just different. There's a new update to Google Home Assistant or Google Assistant or Google Home or whatever they call it, where uh, they basically pushed out a bunch of new features that had only been available in beta to to their regular app That's and cool. it's it's nice it's fine it all works it all does exactly what it should do but and but like and just one way in which it is uh a positive way in which it is very similar to the amazon ecosystem in my experience is it's a, a voracious omnivore mm -hmm. like if you do it's kind of a pain in the butt because you got to go into that google home app and it's all that weird I, I mean there's a lot about material design i like i don't love that there's just like the same generic you know, triple dot on every page to mm -hmm. contact help or whatever. It's weird. But if there's a thing, uh, there's a pretty good chance that if it works with Amazon, there's a pretty good chance it's also going to work with Google. I think that's probably a safe bet. So anyway, went with Google. But I wanted to, one of the things that was here in the house again when I moved in, there were six, <clears throat> excuse me, there were six speakers already in the ceilings, two in the living room, two sort of in like the front, living sitting room whatever and then two in what used to be the master bedroom uh before the house was like expanded and and built onto so there were two in there and apparently it's wired throughout the house for at least six if not eight more speakers i'm not a big fan of wired speakers but they were here they were here yeah, like and I said, I, last week perfect don't let perfect be the enemy of already there yeah. And I'm like, well, they're here. So like, maybe I should make use of them. And I already had a Sonos One speaker, a Sonos One speaker. When people think who don't know a lot about Sonos, think about Sonos. They're usually, and I'll put all of these into our show it's like notes. A, it's like a round wrecked yeah. tube. Yeah, kind exactly. Of. It's like a, it's like a tube. Those things. I, I've got one near our front stairs that I've been meaning to take down to the garage to give away a recycle for like a year it's just been sitting there send it to me um but oh, then so they wait old google ones still work yeah i think they do i think there's a Whoa. this is the other thing that that I you figured know. everything i got was dead so they sent me I some stuff know. back in the day i had a pal who worked there and he's like you want some sonos stuff and i was like of course i want some sonos stuff. yeah and then i ended up buying more on my own but that included that i don't know what it was called but not 
you know, they, like I said, they're always all caps. The one, the the O N E all caps was kind of like their flagship. Right. Yes, put these everywhere speaker. And then I had one that had more bass. Uh, it was like a, it was really it was kind of like a big speaker. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but. And then, but my hangup was always the app. I hated using the app. The app is better. I'll get to the app in a minute. But okay, they so have they have a family of speakers now. The two new ones are the Era, which is kind of like a Boston thing. Era three hundred. I've the heard Era that's terrific. One hundred, and both of them are absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing, and they're kind of geared as multi-purpose. Premium. The 300 one is pretty big. It is big. And they're designed to be really amazing for like surround and home theater stuff and all of that. They have portable speakers you can take with you to the beach or whatever. They've got the Move, which is like a speaker that's um, battery powered, but but it's designed to be kind of stationary in your house. They have the one that you talked about, which is what I have. They've got a, a whole lineup. They, I'll tell you about the five in a minute and the one. But and then, of course, they have sound bars that go on your TV and all mm-hmm. of this nonsense. Yeah, right. But basically, so regardless if you're trying to build a home theater, if you just have you know one speaker you want to connect to, your, like your turntable, if you have inbuilt speakers in your house already, all of these things can be integrated. And the way that they do this is, of course, with their own proprietary uh, communication system that does not allow them to join any other kind of whole house system. So it's if its you, own, its own system. Speaking it's, of it's, archipelagos of functionality, this is kind of its own sort of isolated little lost island. It but totally it, it does is. work together, but yeah, that's what you're in for. And unlike some of the other systems like the home pod or Google solutions, Sonos has a lot more as far as how you can control and integrate different sets of speakers, how control the volumes. I'm going to get to all of this stuff soon, but you have much more flexibility and versatility when it comes to a Sonos thing as opposed to one of the other systems. The most that you can generally do with another system is like you can have all the Google devices act as one speaker. So you you pick your song that you want to play and you hit play and it plays yeah, out of this, all this, the speakers. Believe it or not, this goes back to Amazon stuff. Yeah. Amazon was the first place I remember seeing this. There are similar things in the Apple world. I mean, how well these work on a given day is incredibly varying. But they usually are called speaker groups. So you could say, and like, for example, because I'm a, I'm a, a cuck for Apple stuff, um, I use, for example, I use Airfoil on mm-hmm. the Mac, my right. Rogue Amoeba, to be able to like throw to those. And they're always doing their best to like keep up with whatever shenanigans are happening with, with Apple. But it's really, it is kind of cool to be able to walk into in that, my house or to my office and say, hey, Dingus, um, play old 97s everywhere. Um, and I think that works across most systems where it's like that means anywhere that there's speakers in that case, everywhere is very meaningful. It's like at team or all in Slack, right? Where you go like, okay, uh, turn all lights to 100%. Or in that case, that's that's it is kind of handy to be able to do that. But for example, even at my dumb office, which is I think 300 and some square feet, it's just a little shoebox. But like I've got three different sets of speaker groups. I've got one little speaker, one little, and they're almost all HomePod Actually, they are all HomePod Minis, HomePods Mini. I got one up in the front. I got one in the bathroom. I got two in the middle part and two as a stereo pair at my desk. And it's it's pretty cool to be able to do each one of those because now you've got addressability mm-hmm. where you could say if it's Sunday morning, I don't want this blaring where our guest might be sleeping or whatever. You know what I mean? But they all have those things, but they all have those things in a kind of a different way. It all... I don't say it works differently, but for a consumer, it all works differently. 
It but really does. Sonos, Sonos has that. And you can have different kinds. You have room. You have rooms, right? On, you can uh, have Sonos. rooms. You can have sets of speakers. You can play mm-hmm. all through the, all of the speakers. And you can do stereo pairs, right? If You, have you two can do ones. stereo pairs. Okay. It's very smart with that. You can have it, um, you know, if, if you are doing like a home theater surround type thing, uh, you can use a whole bunch of different speakers for that. It's really the most flexible system. Now, the downside of Sonos, and I don't, I don't consider the fact that just like Google and Apple and Amazon, they are all closed, you know, systems when it comes to sharing speakers. Sonos is also a closed system, but they're interoperable as much as possible. So like right now, if I just go to the little sound, uh, you know, icon in my menu bar on, on this Mac here, when I, uh, on this MacBook Pro, when I click it, I can see under it MacBook Pro speakers, master bedroom, because that's where I have the Sonos One ceiling speakers, which I'll explain in a second, entry room, and then I also see my TVs listed under there too. But all of these things are available through AirPlay built into your Mac. You can use something like Airfoil to create groups that you send to right from your Mac. Your apps like Spotify will automatically see and recognize all of these different devices. And then there's the Sonos app itself, which for a while was kind of, it, 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 I think it didn't know what it wanted to be. And I think people, including me, didn't know what it was and how, how it should be used. But the Sonos app is a, it kind of has two purposes. One of them is to control and kind of set up your Sonos groups, your rooms, your systems, your specific devices. And the other, oddly, is to also kind of sort of integrate with and control the media as if it's, it's, it's like a, a... It's a conduit. It's yeah, the conduit through which all word. of your streaming services pass. Yeah. And it, at least when I last used it, and no shade no lemonade, jobs are hard, but like I, I found it's, it was so unpleasant to look at. It was so clunky to use. And yeah. it really did kind of feel, again, almost like an enterprise app where it's like, okay, we've standardized. <laughs> so Tidal, um, Tidal has a T-I-D-A-L, for example. Oh, let's put it this way, Spotify. Spotify, it has a name of Spotify. It has a description of this many characters. It has the following ping, you know, for the for the image. And then, and it all just gets like squirted, you know, extruded into this app. And it's like, now you're in the area for Tidal. Now you're in Spotify. But that can't, you, you aren't going to do a, I mean, you can't, can you just do straight up like AirPlay 2? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, so if you want to, you can just use any Apple device and play using AirPlay to any of those speakers or speaker groups. It just works. But the way that I do it is I ignore that whole conduit aspect of the Sonos app. I don't use that. I don't control it with that. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I will stream from the app that I'm interested in. So if in the Sonos app, I've gone in and configured the systems and I've created, let's say I've created a, a, a group that, um, it's not the whole house. It's the ceiling speakers and the master bedroom speaker, let's say. Um, I can then that will show up as a device that I can stream to for all airplay devices and streaming music services like Spotify. So now in Spotify, I see the individual speakers, but I also can see this new group that I created and I can just send the music to that. I never use the Sonos app for anything except basically configuring my stuff. And you can and get away with that, huh? It's fine. And the other thing but that's really... You'll, you'll get to like, oh, I just heard a song on a commercial and I want to play it yeah. for my kid. You'll get to like the, the, the flow for how you easily play a song through the center system. Exactly. You and okay, good. What, what I do uh, also is 
and this is something I don't know if you can do with the other systems, but you can certainly do with Sonos that I really like. And that is you can set different speaker volumes as they're acting as a group. You can set them differently. So for example, you might want the speakers in the front to play a little more quietly than the one in the master bedroom or the one in the living room or whatever. You can individually adjust all of these separate speakers. And then when you raise and lower the overall volume, it uses it in proportion. So each one goes up a click, each one goes down a click, but they're different from each Once other. Once you so, establish kind of what the baseline is, you get a master volume. Isn't sort that like, cool? Um, like, oh yeah, like in, um, in, God, it was such a big deal when, you know, you go two, four, eight, sixteen 16, these, these tracks, and then you could have buses on, I'm sorry, I'm talking about mixing boards in recording. Yeah. And you could have buses where you would say, okay, well, these six swim lanes equals the drums. So I individually set the mic, you know, consequently the recording for each individual mic that's used for the drums. But now, now I've just got either one or I guess if you're really you've got a ton of tracks too, but usually like one where like now I can mix, this is how I want the drums to sound on this track. And now I can change just the volume all from this one. You know what I mean? It becomes like ganging. Exactly. And there's, there's a lot of stuff I'm leaving out that that's not that important, but little tweaks and things that you can do with that. So basically what Sonos wants you to do is they say, okay, you've got a home, you want to build a home theater. Cool. You're going to get two of these era three hundreds and put them on the left and right behind you. And then, you know, you're going to get a sound bar to go in the front and then you're going to get a sub that's going to sit down, you know, on the ground next to the sofa and you're going to have this great experience and you can, you can do that. And then you've got a Sonos one in your bedroom and maybe, you know, one of the little portable ones in your office or whatever. And you can, you can really, really customize and control this whole experience and they'll all play together really well. And when you play music, like you can have that come out of the sound bar, you can have the TV audio coming out of the speaker in the office or the bedroom. So if you had to walk in there, you can still hear the dialogue, like all little kinds of things like that are really easy to do and you just set it and forget it. And you know there, but there are some weird things. So like you, they also make speakers that fit into your wall so if you have like if you don't have a place to put rear surround speakers, you can actually have a large flat speaker that sinks into the wall. You know, you have to have it installed. Uh, but that's kind of cool. And then what about these wired speakers like that I told you about? Well, one of the things that they make <laughs> is called the <laughs> this Sonos. This blew my mind last week. This is amp. The amp. 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 And this the Sonos amp is a device that it's it's designed to basically be plugged into an existing hardwired speaker setup. Ideally, I think speakers are plugged into it and the speakers plug into the back of this thing. Yeah. And that basically turns those into for all intents and purposes, a Sonos speaker. They become a Sonos speaker. And this thing is incredibly expensive. It's $699 (laughs) And ninety nine cents. He said you can only it only work for a, a given stereo pair. That's what that's how they sell it. That's how they bill it. In reality, in reality though, um, you can connect multiple speakers to it. Now there are all kinds of things. There have have you ever heard the word ohms? Like an ohm, not the meditation, but mm-hmm. the uh, in electricity the thing. Of resistance. I don't know anything about that, but Me I have a, a couple audio guy friends who do, and they said, well, based on the number of ohms that your ceiling speakers are or have or whatever the word is, 
that I should be able to connect at least two, if not three, and maybe even four different pairs to this thing, and it can power them all easily. And I connected all three uh, pairs, so six speakers, to these ceiling speakers to it, and it sounded great. It sounds fine. So in reality, although I bet Sonos would love me to have spent an extra $1,400 on this setup, (laughs) I didn't. But I did want to be able to control which speakers it goes to. Now, I don't want to do that most of the time. I only want to do that some of the time. So, and, and I have no problem pressing a few buttons when I want to switch this stuff around. So what I did is I, I talked to my audio We friend. managed it with, you know, our component stereo systems for a long yeah, time. Yeah, like it was Somehow all manual. Somehow we could manage to click from like FM to CD. And well, in a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about my turntable setup. So that's, well, that's wiki, wiki, wiki. the most manual. Mm-hmm. But um, my friend recommended the Pile Home 4-Zone Channel Speaker Switch Selector Premium New and Improved Switch Box mm-hmm. Hub Distribution Box for Multi-Channel High-Powered Stereo Amp A slash B slash C slash D switches four pairs of speakers uh, black PSS4. Okay. Which but is um, a mere $30. And this thing has on the front of it, there are five buttons, but you only need to care about the first four really, which are A, B, C, and D. And this is exactly what you think I'm going to tell you. And that is it lets you connect four sets of speakers. And, you, and it's got built-in smarts. Because they, they'll license their the, the software guts to other places or like it's in other kinds of things that aren't made by Sonos, correct? Yeah, but this thing is not a Sonos thing. This is just a dumb four position kind of like four uh, option switch so that it has an input oh. so you take the cables oh i see. it's in the show notes you um oh. you basically connect the um each of the individual speakers sets to the back of this thing and then it has like a main connection and then if you want it to come out of the first two speakers you press in the a button you want it to come out of the second two speakers you press the b button c button d button or you can press them all in and it'll go to all of them so oh, guess wow. what? If I wanted to go to all of them, it does. And now if I want to take one that or two a out of the loop. sounds a lot less expensive than the other one. Yeah. As opposed to spending an extra $1,400, I spent 30 So yeah. nice. Um, and it's Very uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And I had an old lamp and I used that for the speaker wire. <laughs> yeah. So that's the setup that I have going. And there's one more component or component, as, as you say, say. Yeah. To, to this, which is I am a, uh, a vinyl nerd. And I have a turntable and I like it. And I wanted to be able to have the turntable also play through the whole house, right? Because I have all these Sonos speakers. Wouldn't it be stupid if the only way that I could listen to the turntable is if I sat physically next to it the whole time? No, yes, that's how we did it when we were kids. And that's a whole nostalgic right, thing. Right, right, right. I but do want to be able to do that. My kid's very inexpensive turntable it has Bluetooth functionality. I think at least that's usually the solution, I think. Or if it's not going to be like, I don't even know, do you, do, you, do you even do like RCA jacks out anymore? I'm guessing not. Yes, no, you still do. You still do. So here's the question is, even though this thing has Bluetooth, a lot of the time it's, you know, that's not necessarily the way that you get it into your Sonos system. Mm-hmm, so sure. how do you get? It's probably a, like kind of a cord of last resort. Yeah, so there are ways where you can get little devices that would take the RCA out of the turntable and turn it into an airplay signal, and then you could send it to... But I didn't want to mess with any of that. I want to be able to just sit down by the turntable, put on an album, and have it come out of a speaker. And you know what? Maybe also go to the rest of the house, too. Well, Sonos knows that you want to do that. 
And Sonos has this device uh, called the Sonos 5. The Sonos 5 doesn't have any special magic that makes it just for turntables, but this is geared at people who do want to use it with something like a turntable because in the back of this large, now it is one of their premium speaker lines. It's a big speaker. It's high fidelity. It has beautiful like stereo separation in one speaker. So it's one speaker that's basically like two speakers, really great bass in it. And the vocals above all sound really, really good through this thing. It's a large speaker. You can, if you wanted to use two of these, what's cool is if you stand it on its side, like uh, in a, a portrait mode, if you will, uh-huh. uh, it knows that you've done that and it becomes a, a mono speaker because it anticipates that you have another one of them and it will split into left and right channels. But if it's sitting long ways uh, in, in landscape mode, clever. then it will give you a stereo split. Pretty sneaky, sis. And on, the, cool. and on the back of it, it has what few of the other speakers have. It has a line in. And in the back of the line in, it you you would plug from the RCA jacks into you know into this three and a half millimeter line in. Uh, you just basically plug your turntable into the back of it. So now when you put the needle down on the record, it will start playing through this speaker. But it also acts as a source to get it not just to that speaker, but simultaneously without any lag to all of the other speakers in your house. So you can put an album on and not just hear it out of that speaker, but every other speaker that you have that's on the Sonos system throughout your entire house, which is really cool. But there, there's some weirdness with this. In the Sonos app, like when I played it, the first time I plugged it in and played it, I noticed that there was like a, a, a well, I'm a nerd, so I, to me it was a huge lag, but I would say a small lag um, between when I actually put the needle on the record and when I heard the sound coming out. And I had to Google this immediately. And what I found is that there is a, there is a setting for that. It's called, of all things, audio delay. And it's, I think by default, it's set to the either high or maximum. Maximum is like 2,000 milliseconds and high is 150. But you can set it down as low as 75, which... Wait, wait, so when you do that, though, are you setting a specific value that doesn't change or you... Or you specific value that doesn't change that stays so with so the speaker. It's, but it's some kind of like you're accounting for some kind of latency by hand adjusting it the same way you would with subtitles and plaques. Yes, exactly correct. And what it says is uh, more delay means more reliable audio. If your source includes video, try low, medium, or high. If your source is audio only, max may be the best. I don't know why it says that. I set mine to low, and if you go into all the Reddit subreddits about turntables, they're all like, set it to low. Um, I did that, and then it's if there is any lag, I can't tell anymore. When I put that thing on the the record, and I hear the little little sound, it's it's at the same moment that I'm doing it. So that's crazy. It's, it's fine, and it streams it beautifully. You hear it through the whole house. It's super super cool, and uh, and you know I play records a lot. I play records more than I play like streaming music off of like a Spotify. What the or hell something. are you talking about? Yeah, I listen to records all the time. That's crazy talk. That's yeah, fun. Well, I mean, I, I I honor what you describe as that ratio, but that's wild. You're not just walking around like just streaming stuff. No, mm. no. I will if I you're don't li- have the you're album. You're living a true life, is what you are. I like to. I like the whole process of you know taking the record out. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, pulling the pulling the album out and putting so it pure. down. Clean it. You clean it with a little brush. 
Right, you know? excuse to clean, yeah. Yeah, and then... I, I do that with my MP3s, too. And I, I mean, like, the nice ones. But you have to... The thing is this. It, it harkens back to olden times when an album actually was not just... We put some songs on a thing and, and sold it. It's they're telling a story. They're setting yeah, a move. They're walking Japanese you tea through. Ceremony. I get it. Yes, you know? concepts, and, concepts. And it's like you I, can, I, but you can stream "Selling England by the Pound," and I know because I've done it like five times. <laughs> yeah, like, you can. You can stream Friday. all the same stuff. Can you tell me where my country was? <laughs> the uniform to his true lover. Uh, but it's great and. I, what I really like about the way that this system works is you don't have to worry about activating the speaker when you start playing it on the turntable. You just you set the needle down on the record, and I don't know how it detects it, but the second it detects that you've started the audio, it starts playing it, and it will start streaming it to whatever speaker setup that you've picked along the way. So what that means is if, if you're playing it just in that speaker that's connected physically to your turntable, it'll just come out of that one. But if, if you had it configured so that you were listening throughout your whole house or just in the living room and the bedroom, it'll come out of those. And what's really weird is you don't have to have it come out of the Sonos 5 at all. You can have it be just one other speaker in the complete opposite end of the house. So you won't hear any sound coming out of the speaker that's attached to the stereo to your turntable. Instead, it'll coming out of whatever speakers you want it to come out of. And that feels, to me, it feels a lot like magic. Like it almost feels like you shouldn't be able to do that, but you can. And as you add more speakers, it makes it very easy to add them. What I think is really fascinating about this system is that, you know, assuming that they don't change the software and like obsolete these speakers sometime down the road, these things really, really work great together. And like, you can get a really great sound bar and you know, obviously it has to be a Sonos sound bar, but you can connect that Sonos sound bar and then you can get the sub for it and you can move these things around. They can be wireless. They can be wired. It really allows you to create, I think just the coolest kind of like home system. And many of them, especially like the new ones, Merlin, like the era 300 or the mm -hmm. 100, you know, they have line in, they have USB-C line in, some of them are voice enabled. And that's another cool thing is like the Sonos One has the ability to connect to your assistant. Oh, so man. you can it's tie got, it into got, the, your Google Assistant. Atmos. I like the Atmos. Yeah, you can do Atmos stuff. But See, like, this is costly, but if somebody wanted to send me this, I'd be super into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can basically have this so that it's set up for Google Assistant and it now works through your Sonos system. So you can say yeah. the keyword or the command word and it will answer and it's right there in that system. So, and you, so need do you use this fewer. to watch stuff fun when you're watching Apple TV? Let me put this all differently. Yeah. When you're watching Apple TV things on your television. Yeah. Uh, are you sometimes using these for the sound? Al almost exclusively. Yeah. And how, what's the setting in Apple TV for going to say a Sonos 300? Uh, so what you, what you, I forget how, what, how I set it up originally. Um, that's okay, but that's I okay. forget like if, you set it up once and it seems to be working. You okay set it up now. once and it just works. It's the same way when you set up a sound bar, like if you have an arc connection or something like that, um, 
That's why I used to run into trouble. But as I said last week, that that's where I run into trouble with the two sound bars I've had is I could never get it to play nice with Apple TV and like or or either it didn't work with Apple TV the way I expected, or more often like it wouldn't work with my LG correctly. Mm-hmm. And then the problem is though, and this is I'm getting off topic, but it it is actually important, is like, you know, the TV that I've got is it's really pretty. I mean, it hardly has any bezel. It's mm-hmm. a 66 inch TV. It's got barely any bezel to it, but it is, you know, pound for pound, pretty close to the surface on which it rests. Right. And it's heavy like mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. And every single sound bar I've put there uh, is a little bit in the way. Mm-hmm. Like you lose a little bit of the bottom of the screen, right? Which sure, kind of drives me crazy. But so, so in this case, though, so you find a pretty place for this. Can the three hundred be a middle channel too? Like, can yeah. would help with voice? Yeah, I think it's overkill for that. They think you could use a one hundred for that, but ideally, you're yeah. using your sound bar for the front middle speaker and potentially the left and right too. And the sound bar that's right for most people is the beam uh, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the ray, which is kind of like a a lightweight, lighter weight, smaller thing, or the arc, which is like their high end premium, like $900 one. Yeah. I spent about, I don't know, hour and a half on Artings one night. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll put that in notes because Artings is the best. There, And that's where, that's where I go. I don't know. I don't know if it's the best, but I really like Artings for really, it feels like, very well researched background on like mm-hmm. if you if you're looking at this class of TV here's how we tested them here's what they're good for blah right. blah blah I mean like there's not that many places I trust like that anymore but they have all they've reviewed all of these artings.com put in notes so um, the there are you know so the uh, ideal setup if you're talking home theater would be one of the sound bars. I mean, the Ray is a good sound bar, but like get the beam maybe the if you're crazy get the arc and then they have two different uh, subwoofers one is called the sub mini and one is just called the sub okay. and they're both expensive but they sound great and you put one of them and they're wireless like everything so you just put it down on the grounds wherever they huh. tell you to put it and it sounds really really good and there is a um so like one of the interesting things uh, i think most sound bars that you're going to find nowadays are going to use um the arc hdmi arc setting um that's that's what these typically will use and that's a special setting that's the on, optical cable no it's it's um it uses hdmi and there's usually a special oh, port right, on right, your right. tv that will be labeled as arc there's one there's one that's blessed um, yes for and, that. yeah yeah I, I get that when i'm because technically my blu-ray player um you can't it, it prefers two outputs mm-hmm. because it's 4k Right. right, it's like a lot of signal. So I don't, I can't say that I completely understand this, but you you get two outputs out of the Blu-ray, and then you get it takes up two inputs of my precious inputs into the TV. But I, I think one is kind of primarily video, and the other is kind of primarily audio. Right, right. So what this is supposed to do is this is supposed to take the audio out of your television and whatever source is playing into your television through the other HDMI inputs or through the TV itself. Like if you're using the smart TVs apps um, or, or just watching TV through the TV, it will take that and it will send it out to the Sonos speakers, which in turn can, will become the source for your whole surround sound setup. And that's how they get around having to have stuff wired. You don't have to have stuff wired if you do it like that. Um, so that's, it's a really, really, really cool system. Um, but 
it doesn't just stop there. There are other companies that make stuff that do work with Sonos. And one of them is Ikea. Um, believe it or not, Ikea has this, I'm not sure how to say this, Symphonisk, Symphonisk, um, but this is their they line of the products. Interesting. They have weird, they have little smart home things. It's yeah, it's thing. really weird. And I think they've got like bl- things you can control your blinds. They've got like a whole bunch they of like do. interesting things. But yeah. the weirdest thing of all, and to me, is they have a, <laughs> they have a lamp that it has a speaker inside of it and a knob on the front of it with and and it's like it's it's a a lamp that is a speaker. They also have a shelf that's like a bookshelf that sticks on your wall that is a speaker. And they're they're I mean they're pretty cheap relatively speaking. And then they also have um a a, a weird speaker that's big and thin and flat and attaches to your wall and it's it looks like a picture they call it a picture although it's just like a pattern it's like a ge- geometric pattern mm-hmm. that that fits on your wall it's flat and it just attaches to your wall they have little tiny little pictures that oh, I see. are in-wall speakers I'll yeah and they've also the got like ceiling notes. in ceiling speakers this is cool yeah and they've got uh, tons of just weird stuff that you would be like huh okay like that's neat, I guess. And why is Ikea doing this? Who cares? It's cool. I want a picture of like a leopard that looks, it's actually a speaker. Oh, I'm why sorry. not? I, I'm so sorry, Dan. I apologize. I was looking at the Sonos page. I see what you're saying though. Aren't they clever though? Those Swedes? They're smart people over there. Yeah. So and they funny. have a lot of products that they use with this. They have a speaker that's that has an LED spotlight. Why? I don't know, but they have it. Wow. So all of these things, you know, not all of them work with Sonos, but most of them work fine with Sonos. So it's interesting. And, you know, I think overall, this is the kind of system that if you're willing, again, it's not cheap. Like it's going to cost, it's going to cost you money. It's going to be, you're going to spend money on this. But my whole take on it was I already have what are pretty good sounding speakers in the house. I already had a Sonos main speaker and a sound bar and so like it, the only thing that i really invested in with the two the you know and the the turntable speaker is its own thing if you have that so really i just had to get the amp which was a lot of money but all of a sudden now the amp plus the little 30 dollars switch box and like i can control these six or uh, these three pairs and if of speakers you like the sonos system Meaning in that case, like the the software stuff, which I, I can't get off my brain. Like you feel like the hardware for all of this is pretty top notch and and runs the way you expect. It does what you want. It it suits what you need. This the Sonos system. It it really does for me. Yeah. And no, 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 it's not. It's not a trick. I, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm very happy to hear that. You know, like again, the only thing that I'm using this app for was to set the stuff up. And then when I want to go in and change my speaker groups or change which speakers are the the sound is coming out of uh, as as part of a group, then I will go into that app. But that's the only thing that I ever use the app for. Most of the time I'm playing stuff at the turntable, but if me or one of my kids is, is wanting to stream stuff, they can just pull their phone out and hit the speaker or the speaker group and it's playing. And it's like, it's really, really a cool system. What I like about it in a weird way is that it is independent of Apple and Google I, and I Amazon. That. You know, well, and and just to to I don't know if this isn't obvious, maybe it is. Um, 
like the desire for like if memory serves the Sonos stuff all worked with um, the Amazon things. I guess it, it works. You're saying with the Google Home Hub things, but you know one of the things that we I don't know. I feel like we had this conversation over one month, like ten years ago, and it kind of went by. But you know, when we talk about a smart home, we talk about a smart speaker, we talk about these kinds of things. You know, the functionality that you want to get out of this, in your case, the functionality that you want out of these quote-unquote smart speakers, all of I'm guessing you're not looking for a surpassingly high level of the cool voice stuff. You want really good-sounding speakers. Yeah, and that's traditionally been a little bit of a trade-off. Mm, Sonos sure. threads the needle. Sonos threads that needle by having their system where they can come in and you know parachute in with whatever it is you need for whatever system. But mm -hmm. you know, my I mean, like I I don't have good ears for things. If anything, like what I mean, you know, the setting on our TV almost all the time. They have a bunch of settings for different video. You know, you can have director, dark room, light room. You know, APS, all these different ones. And for sound, I keep it on clear voice. Because I need, I, I can't hear anything anyone is saying. Mm -hmm. And if I put it into like cinema mode, it gets really murky and stuff like that. But you know what I mean? Like it's back in the day on Amazon, the Amazon products, I had an Amazon woofer at one time, like mm -hmm. a very kind of basic, because I had so many Amazon devices. It was easy enough to like to set up a fakey, you know, uh, media room mm -hmm. setup for it. But, you know, I don't think anybody is going to... Nobody smart in back in the day would buy a whole bunch of Amazon speakers because they were an audiophile. You would rather have the speakers that match your audiophile needs, whatever those are, frequently enough, whatever they're, you know, believed to be. Right. Because, um, you know, everybody's an audiophile. Um, <laughs> but, like, if it can secondarily do cool, cool stuff with voice, that's fine. But, like, above all, these just, these are not going to work for me if they don't just sound really good. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, kind of a nice, in terms of the trade-off, when Siri works, having, when you could put a HomePod in front of your, uh, an old school big HomePod in front of your TV, and it, it was pretty good for Siri and pretty good for sound. But I just think it's important to say, you're like, you're, if you imagine your two hands with your palms turned up and you're huh, kind of doing this weighing, like for you, that, that audio quality and minimum of fuss is... You, all you got all the fussiness you need with your vinyl. Now you don't need that with the actual electronics behind your speakers. You want that all to just work. Yeah. And uh, one thing I mentioned, you were talking about the TV that you have and whether the soundbar kind of blocks the front of it. Um, a lot of people, I think, are palm are um, you know like trying to avoid that by wall mounting the the TV. Um, mm -hmm. I have it, which is the whole thing. It is a whole thing. I have a regular TV. It's like a, we've, I've talked about it before. It's my Samsung OLED, uh, not OLED. Um, no, not OLED. My Samsung. LED. Like regular old school LED. It, mm, it's not plasma. It's the one after plasma. QLED is their technology. QLED. Yeah. So it is, and, and QD, by the QD way, LED. my son, if he was yeah. listening to this, he would be very upset that I confused QLED with OLED because an OLED TV, according to him and every other a uh, person who cares about like high fidelity televisions would say, Oh my God, the blacks are so black and the OLED. Um, but I have like my regular Samsung QLED TV wall mounted with just one of those. You buy it from home Depot. I'm not home Depot. I guess I sell them too, but uh, best buy. And you just, it sticks it to the wall and you can move it around angle and stuff. That's not the cool one. The cool one is I went crazy 
when I bought this house and I got a frame TV, a Samsung frame. And for those of you who don't know what a Samsung I frame know is, what that is, it is the most amazing thing ever. It is a TV that has a matte screen and it has a physical, what looks like a picture frame almost oh. around it. So it's not unsightly. It lo- and it is designed so that when you uh, when it is not being viewed as a television, it displays classical artwork or really any artwork that you want. And the way that it does it, it dims the screen, and it it, it because of the mat and some other technologies, it doesn't look like a screen. It looks like a painting. And cool. it's it's not enough where like you're really fooling people like to the point where you hit a button and it becomes yeah, but, like, a TV. When you first heard about Bill Gates's house and the art would change yeah. based on who you could imagine like th- this is this would this would be handy for something like that or even for that matter for like a guest room where you want it to look like uh, I don't know a Francis Bacon painting most of the time unless somebody's watching uh, Psych or whatever. Right, and what's really fun about this whole thing is that it's it it doesn't work perfectly. Like nothing works perfectly, but <laughs> it, it this doesn't work perfectly. But it is designed to detect ambient light, so it will mm. dim down when it's low lighting and get brighter when it isn't. Um, it detects motion, so if you go long, and these are all configurable, but if you go long enough without there being motion or light, it will turn itself off and turn itself back on and be a painting. And the whole point is that, like, it's a painting. How does it it keeps looks from like burning a in. I can I ask the Samsung guys on that, or you but, know, but you I haven't know. had a problem with that. No, it, it, not at all. And because probably be because it's not OLED. ID. Yeah, yeah it's, right, it, right. it's certainly because it's not an OLED TV that doesn't burn in. But you can pick from hundreds and hundreds of different images, and in through the Samsung service that they have, that basically downloads <laughs> it to the Big TV. Put Brother up on it. That would look cool. You could like, do like that. Like your Winston Smith with a telescreen. You could totally cool. do that. But you have this thing sitting up there and and it's to the point where like nobody's walked into my house and said, wow, that's a beautiful painting. But they've all said, oh my God, it looks just like a painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, if you, especially if you put other artwork around it to left and right or around yeah, it. I'm looking at the the. It'll trick you. Here. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. impressive. I think it's pretty cool. And, you know, so like, but then you mount your sound bar like below it and you solve that problem. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. That's all I've got to say about that. Um, I think this is a very good conversation. Um, I'd like to join in more next time around and, and contrast it with like, I guess I've kind of chosen what I do. Mm-hmm. However I find myself right now. You know what I mean? That's, it's like why I I like this less than that or why I put up with this to get that mm-hmm. and like what I'd like to have. And because, um, you know, there's 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 many paths. There are that's so a, many it's paths. It's a good topic. Um, we're, that, that's that's most mostly mostly it. Right. Yeah, that's it. Can I share something with you? Go ahead. Call. Thank you. Uh, first time bolo. <laughs> I, I, I went out and I used um, I'm just going to call it the dingus. Okay. I used the dingus and I went out and I learned some things about our states. Mm-hmm. I learned that it's already in show notes. I learned that you are correct. Uh, according to uh, a page on the mm-hmm. internet, mm-hmm. the state neckwear of Arizona is they, they describe it as the bola, bola tie. Oh. Bola tie was a designated official neckwear in 1973. 
sometimes referred to as a bolo tie. Is that type of believe it's usually made by silversmiths? Okay, thanks, thanks, thanks. We know all that. So then I thought I'd go look around some more. So I asked some other questions. Can I tell you some state things mm-hmm. I didn't know until today? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you um, a state, an official thing, and what it is. Are you ready? Yes. Utah, official state metal, copper. Hmm. Um, Utah, official state firearm, the Browning M1911 pistol. Hmm. They have an official Utah pistol. Oklahoma, soil, port, silt, loam. They have an official. Colorado has a dinosaur. That's the stegosaurus. Louisiana has a reptile. That's the, that's the alligator. Nice. And Hawaii has a dance, and it's called the hula. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. I knew that one. Oh. Delaware has the ladybug as their state insect. Illinois has an uh, official state march. Oklahoma, they love watermelon. Alabama, lousy with pecans. There's an official, the official muffin, the Minnesota muffin. The official Minnesota muffin is the blueberry muffin. So now you know several things you didn't know before. No, I didn't know those, and I will probably immediately forget them. Unless you're a Utah who who who's a gun nut. You know, God bless. I say. Yeah, right. Sure. You know, but you think about like the uh, you know Professor X gets gets all these different states together. It's going to be pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. All those guns shooting, all those gators, all that dancing. You know, Uh, aloha oi. You know that kind (laughs) of thing. All right. Well, let's button this up. Oh, okay. No, what? You don't, did you, I, did you, we come gone for an hour? <laughs> no, it's, we're good. I, okay. I just, you know, right. I like okay, I talking you. about Sonos. I like everything. That's no problem. <laughs> okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. Yeah.